Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You're watching Premises. Welcome to the show. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 8th. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. December 12th, for a few days off. Hey, West Virginia Secretary of State and gubernatorial candidate Mac Warner, he says that the uh, 2020 election was rigged by the CIA. We'll get into that here shortly. Representative Biggs calls out Speaker Johnson and the Biden fundraiser abandons the Democrat Party, joins the GOP. Those and more next. Kramer Says. We'll be right back after these messages. America's political prisoners need our help. Kramer says it's on a mission to raise one hundred thousand dollars or more. Can you help? Join our mission today at Kramer says dot shop. Kramer says is back in three, two. Will Pierce, a DNC fundraiser, has done well. He's done the unthinkable. He's abandoned the Democratic Party. Why? Well, number one, he says they're crazy. A lifelong Democrat who campaigned for Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders is now leaving the party and becoming a Republican. In an op-ed, Will Pierce writes, the main reason I'm leaving the Democratic Party is its utter disconnect with the American people. The party that once championed the working class has now been overtaken by elites and affluent hubs who couldn't care less about the struggles of the average American. That author, Will Pierce, joins me now. Will, great to have you on the program. Look, you weren't just a Democratic voter. You were practically a Democratic Party operative. So what was the final straw for you? I think over the years, hard the party has changed from its ideals. Um, I personally view politics as a game of a and You have to get to 50% plus one and unite people all the way around. If you look at the Democratic Party right now, they'd rather put people in boxes and label them rather than unite them. Do Democrats just not care about the voters that they say they care about? I think it's changed over years. Just if you just look at recent races, like look down in Houston versus Sheila Jackson Lee, for example, this is pretty much a lead of four years in the Democratic Party. And her votes were just abysmal, around 30%. And it's just people in the Democratic Party, they just do not understand about the needs of all. If you look at today, for example, with Zelensky going up to um, the Capitol, the Democrats care more about what's happening in Kiev and what's going on on the southern border. They care about more about um, just ideological stuff, such as who you are as a, um, it's more about basically just like um, what you are, your gender, your race, your, et cetera, than who you are as a person. Well, the rot starts at the top. And in a new poll from the Wall Street Journal, 60% of voters disapprove of Joe Biden's economy, followed by 64% disapproval of Joe Biden's border. Over half disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of the war in Israel. So, Will, how much is Joe Biden to blame for people like you leaving the Democratic Party? I'll be honest. Um, when I supported Biden back in 2015, 2016, I, you know, I was looking at his record over the years, and that's the main reason why I supported um, the president. At this point, though, if you look at um, just the economy, if you look at where we are as a nation, if you look at where we are as a people, he has not done what he promised to do, or just as he's supposed to do as president. He's supposed to unite us. Instead, he's dividing us, and it's just starts at the top, as you said, Todd. Do you know anyone else like you, lifelong Democrats, like die-in-the-wool Democrats who, uh, who are out, who are leaving the party for the Republicans? 
I don't know anyone by name, but the thing is, even like, um, for example, my wife and I, we were talking last night. This is a big decision for myself. And a lot of people in the Democratic Party, it's, I hate to say it, they're just afraid of leaving. Um, we would think, even think about personal safety, like what it's going to be like just me leaving a party that I worked for four years um, overall. And you have a lot of people just thinking like that. It's like they think overall, can I leave the party? Can I leave, you know, go across to the other side? And personally, I'm doing this because I look at the nation overall. We're at a very divisive period. If you look at the polling that you just quoted, it's just our nation overall. We have to be able to um, focus and be more united instead of being divided and just focus on I'm just some um, party politics. I'm doing. That leads to the final question. Who are you going to vote for? In the same Wall Street Journal poll, Trump beating Biden by four points. Nikki Haley up 17 percent over Biden. Who's got your vote in 2024? It's, I think this is the first time since I've been, to be honest, over 20 years that I'm actually undecided. I'm leaning towards Trump, but I'm still looking at um, what's going to happen over the next few weeks uh, up in New Hampshire and Iowa. I can't tell you. I live in a pretty Democratic state up there in Connecticut. I can't tell you how many diehard Democrats have said, I never thought I would vote for Trump. I certainly didn't vote for him in 2020, but I'm voting for him this year. And that should. Kramer says we'll be right back after these messages. Kramer Says is everywhere. Twitter, Truth, Instagram, and always on America's fastest-growing free speech platform. Kramer Says Social. Make your free account today at KramerSays.com. Kramer Says is back in three, two, Representative Andy Biggs, well, he's one of those super conservatives that does not hold his tongue when he's got things to say about somebody he's got a problem with. And here recently, he's been doing that, uh, speaking very freely with uh, Emerald Robertson about, well, about the job that Speaker Johnson is doing. So I'm going to lay it on a, a couple of things. Number one, I think he's got a couple of staffers that are that are steering in this way. Um, uh, number two, uh, I, I like on the FISA thing and the 702 reauthorization, you have the intelligence committee and the intelligence community that have come to him and scared the, the bejeebies out of him, telling him that that if you don't give us a clean reauthorization, uh, we're going to have a, a, a terrorist attack and it's going to be all your fault. So he doesn't want that. I would think the, I would say this um, and I would say this to his face. He is a friend. Um, but I, what I've seen is is a certain amount of fecklessness, a, a failure to actually recognize leverage when you have it, failure to have the courage to exercise that leverage. So uh, he should be telling people what, the, what, what we're going to do. This is how we're going to get there, and we're going to do it together. Instead, what he's doing is, is he keeps saying, well, we're going to fight another day. Well, we're t we didn't want that. That's what, we, that's what we've been hearing for years. Oh, we'll live to fight another day. So everything from the spending, and, and by the way, Emerald, there's so many other things you and I could be talking about related to his performance that would actually make, uh, you know, what little hair I have grow back and cur become curly. Here's the deal. What's going on is he's failing to actually take the courage necessary to lead. And that is just dismaying to someone who's known him for seven years. I expected him to give in because everybody does, it seems like you know, when they get to that position, but not this quickly and not this badly. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, to me, it, it looks like just an absolute utter capitulation on his part. So so we, you and I have talked about the, the defense spending bill called the NDAA. We've talked about Section 702. But we could also talk about the CR that he came in. We could talk about that yeah. that was supposed to 
supposed to finish up the, the budget bills in the House. Nothing on that is, front is happening. We could talk about his how he's already talking about a long-term into September, end of September CR, another spending uh, bill. Uh, all of these things go and, and instead of taking these moments when you actually have strength against the Senate, he's actually waving the white flag. And uh, I, I think we're all stunned by that because uh, I, I think he he goes to bed every night believing he's a conservative. He wakes up every morning believing he's in a cons he's a conservative. But in those 18 hours that he's awake and working, it's like, uh, well, maybe maybe not so much. Yeah, you said that he keeps saying we'll live to fight another day in making these concessions. But you might not, given the recent announcements in the House, particularly, as I noted, at the top of the segment with Kevin McCarthy leaving and you have several others retiring. And then you have your 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 conference ousting George Santos while they can't bother be bothered to impeach any of the Biden administration officials. How precarious is this for you as a conference? You're going to have such a slim majority. Is can you give us any hope? Well, Emerald, I, this is the this is what how I was going to answer answer you, and I hope you hope you don't get too cynical when I tell you this. My view of things is that not much is going to get done under this speaker anyway. So uh, having a slim majority is not necessarily good or bad because. Um, we're not going to get the FISA reform that, that we should get. Uh, you know, it, we can still get there, I suppose, but it'll take uh, roughly a miracle. Um, we're not going to get the spending reductions. We're not going to bring the border under control. We're not going to do, uh, uh, we're not going to bring the Pentagon to heal and actually make sure they use the money wisely and that they stop spending on, on abortions and, and trans surgeries and those types of things and, and wokeify the military. Uh, and usually in an election year anyway, about February is when things kind of dry up because Congress, everybody's focusing on primaries and elections through the cycle. And so I look at it and I say, yeah, we're gonna be down. And if, if another couple of people were to resign, we'd be in real, I mean, we might actually shift, uh, you would actually shift the majority over, but I don't, I'm not crying about that. What I'm crying about is the utter failure of the leadership right now to deliver when we do have the votes, we do have the capacity, and we do have uh, leverage points to use. Kramer says, we'll be right back after these messages. America's political prisoners need our help. Kramer Says is on a mission to raise $100,000 or more. Can you help? Join our mission today at KramerSays.shop. Kramer Says is back in three, two. Well, you might not be hearing about this in the mainstream media, but if you get your butt over to Gateway Pundit, you'll hear all about Mac Warner. Who's he? Well, he's the Secretary of State in West Virginia. He's running for governor right now. And he says that the CIA rigged the 2020 election. Of course, he got some pushback on it. Here's the story. It's uh, the audio from an interview that he was doing online. Do you believe Trump is correct when he says, continues to say, the election was stolen? The election was stolen, Hoppy. And the it was election stolen. was stolen? It was stolen, and it was stolen by the CIA. When Mike Morrell testified under oath to Jim Jordan that, yes, he colluded with uh, Anthony Blinken 
to sell a lie to the American people two weeks before the election for the very purpose of throwing the presidential election. How does it not get stolen if it's more? And the FBI covers it up and Mark Zuckerberg pays $400 million to put his thumb on the scale. That's not a fair. Uh, so the election fair. was stolen. Yes. More was the election stolen. What we can talk about is what happened in the state of West Virginia. And we've had very secure and we're very vigilant about our elections in the state of West Virginia. Thank, thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> and and se hey, Secretary Warner deserves credit for that. Donald Trump won the state of West Virginia by 40 points. And, and in 2016, when the Washington liberal elite were crying about President Trump beating Hillary Clinton, they never once cried about the results in West Virginia. I believe if every state would conduct their elections like we do here, we wouldn't be having was this the election stood, when Trump Max said the election was stolen. Was the election stolen? We know what happened in West Virginia, and that's what we can speak to. It was rock solid. Donald Trump won West Virginia and win it. Well, again. I was talking nationally. Chris, was the election stolen? The Pro word stolen. Po possibly. Like, let me give you an example. Mail in ballots. I go into the courthouse. I cast my vote. I see it done right then and there. Here's the difference with a mail-in ballot. It's like me going to the courthouse to cast my vote and handing that to a clerk that walks out of the room, around the street, over another building, up the stairway, does something in that room, comes back around and goes, hey, great news, your vote's cast. That's a problem. I agree, that is a problem. That's a severe problem. The reason it's a problem is because we know what happened in 2020. We were able to see it. We've seen time and time again the cheating again and again and again and again. We've seen the video evidence of it once, twice, three times. And every time it's sweeped back under, it's swept back under the rug as if nothing ever happened, as if we're morons, as if we're not adults looking at the situation and going, hey, that doesn't sound and that doesn't look normal. That doesn't look like what happened last time. That doesn't look like what happened 20 years ago. Why did we suddenly change everything? And now we're finding out nearly four years later that others in the Republican Party in positions of power here, Mac Warner, the secretary of state of West Virginia, what is he saying? He's saying that the 2020 election was rigged. Why? Because it's time that the American people start to wake up and realize the 2020 election was rigged. Not once in our not once in our history, folks, not one time have we gone through the process that we've gone through, even through World War II in the 1940s. They could get the election counted quickly. Well, it was COVID. Everybody was everybody was losing their shit. We were all wanting to be safe. And you feel safe? Here we are almost three years later, four years later, and we're right back in the same boat. They're telling us that we've got to mask up, we've got to start separating, we've got to get our boosters, and that the election, well, we may have a problem with the election, and all kinds of different reasons. It could be a cyber attack, it be, could be a pandemic, it could be a, a natural disaster, or it could be terrorist in our nation. As we leave our back door open, all of these things, everything that you're suffering from right now, all of it, 100%, is due to one thing, the 2020 election was rigged 100%. Well, where's your proof, Kramer? Where's your proof? We have the proof. We're bringing it forward. Every time we bring it forward, the same group of suspects say, no, 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 that's not it. Now, what we're starting to see is people start to come out and they're going, yeah, we, we, we saw the same thing too. And our nation's in trouble. Folks, if the election wasn't rigged, let's be honest about it. If the election wasn't rigged, how hard would it be to prove that it wasn't rigged? Well, the first thing you want to do is just open up the books. Let us take a look. Don't call us threats to democracy and threats to the nation, threats to national security, because we're not uh, believing what you said. Listen, it's easy. When, when I go to the bank, the bank says, here's how much you've got in your bank. Here's how much you've got in your account. 
I go look at my my uh, um, tally and I say, well, you, you know, right, we're, we're matched up. How many times have you gotten information from your bank that's incorrect? Every once in a while it happens. But the fact that I've got my records and they've got their records, we can go back and forth and they can show me the check that I wrote. They can show me the debit of where I took the credit from. They can show me those things. I can show them what I've got. Those are the records. And when all of a sudden you say, hey, listen, you can't look at that. Imagine if your bank told you, you can't see the records. You just have to trust us. You owe us $10,000. Well, there's no different than that. than saying, hey, listen, there's 10,000 more votes here than there should be, or 10,000 less than there should be. I don't trust them. That's why I don't mail my money to the bank. I take my money to the bank and I deposit it. Isn't that what you do with your money? When you want to make a deposit, you, you go take that money, you put it in the bank, and you wait for them to give you a receipt. That's proof that you did what you said you did. You lose that, you lose your proof. But we've got the proof. We have the proof. They're not allowing us to get into it. They say that if we look at the, the information, the, the, the tabulations from 2020, that first of all, it's proprietary that some company has more influence on our election than we the people do. Does that sound right to you? Would you allow your bank to tell you, I'm sorry, I can't tell you how much money you have in your account because the guy who tabulates it won't let me tell you that. Would, would you continue going to that bank if, if that were the case? Or he tells you that if you look into it, if you personally look into it, that you're a threat to the bank, that you're, you're threatening their security. Folks, transparency is never a threat to anything. Truth is not a threat to anything. The truth is only a threat to those who lie. Transparency is only a threat to those that are cheating you. Transparency is never a threat, ever. So this lie that they've been telling us for the last four years, they expect us to swallow, and they're going to try something new in this next... Well, you, here's where we are. You know as well as I do. You know as well as I do that everyone's waiting for the other shoe to drop. Everyone's waiting for whatever's going to happen next because they realize there's no options here. The Biden administration, the deep state, the rhinos, those that have been cheating us, folks, it's not the honest folks that have any problem with the truth. It's the cheats. It's the criminals. It's those that are telling you, you have to do things our way or you can't go do this or you can't go do that. I don't know why it's so hard to see. There's nothing I'm hiding, folks. I'm a wide open book. I tell you almost, and my wife says I say too much. And, and, and so is, does that make me honest? Does that make me open? Yes, it does. Ask me a question, I'll tell you the answer. You might not like it, but I'm gonna tell you. And when I make a mistake, I try to, to do the thing that's right and say I made a mistake. I don't try to pivot. I don't try to blame it on anybody else. I say, hey, listen, that's my mistake. I did it. For example, I'm supposed to start at nine o'clock. Didn't make it. My mistake. Couldn't figure something out. My problem. So we're starting late tonight. But if you accept the, the statement that you being inquisitive and you watching Ruby Freeman and her daughter Take those ballots in Georgia, take them out from underneath the table, put them through the machines time and time and time and time and time and time again. I want an explanation as to what the fuck that was, don't you? I want to know why Ruby Freeman thought that they had to count those ballots multiple times. They would take them out of the tray, they would put them in and feed them again. Were they testing the machine? Was that some kind of test they were doing? 
And how many ballots went through those machines from the time that they were told to shut everything down to the one o'clock in the morning when they stopped? How many ballots went through? I'd like to know that. I don't think that that's a threat to democracy. Do you? I want to find out why they cheated like they did. I don't think that's a threat to democracy. What it is, it's a, it's a threat to Ruby Freeman. It's a threat to her daughter. It's a threat to Raffensperger and Kemp and the rest of them in Georgia that are, were part of the cheat. They, might not even, they may not have even known what was going on. But their cover-up to help their friends out and, and keep their friends from going to prison, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I get it. I understand that sometimes, from time to time, you've got to do what's best for your friends. I get that. But not in politics. And not with our vote. We'll be right back after this. Kramer says. We'll be right back after these messages. Kramer says is everywhere. Twitter, true Instagram, and always on America's fastest growing free speech platform. Kramer says social. Make your free account today at KramerSays.com. Kramer says is back. In three... Two. I've been saying it for a while, and, and folks, I, I want you to jump in. I want you to really start thinking about what we've been talking about on the Kramer Says platform for the last three years. One thing, one thing only, truth and freedom. If you have truth, no lie matters. And if you have the freedom to speak that truth clearly, no lie can, can cover up the truth. We're starting to see that some of the people and some of the names and, and those who have been harmed by well, what they've said over the last three or four years are now being freed. We're, we're being able to talk freely again. And what's happening? Who are the ones that are clamoring the loudest of shut those people up? Don't allow them to say that. The more that we find out about Pfizer and Moderna and what they did with these drugs, the more that we find out about what, what, what uh, Fauci did and, and what the NI, uh, NIH was doing and, and what others were doing with inside the CDC, how they were lying to us on a regular basis. We can't continue to learn more. Here's the thing, folks. You cannot expect somebody else to carry that water for you. You've got to go do it. You've got to be a part of the voice that's raised across this nation. You. For too long, you've sat there and you've waited for somebody else to pick up the heavy load and carry it. There's going to be rallies. There's going to be events. You have to show the fuck up. You. Your freedom depends on you. Not me. Not a white hat. Not a soldier. Not President Trump. Not Biden. Not anybody. Your freedom depends 100% on you. I've been saying it for a long time. Kanye said it, and I thought he was crazy when he first said it. But let me, let me, let me explain why I believe what he's, he's saying is true. Slavery is a choice. Well, Kramer, that's crazy. Slaves get, you can run. Well, they might catch me and harm me, but you can still run. You can fight your master. You don't have to be the slave. You don't have to. It's a choice. You choose to do that because it's easier, because running is easier than getting whipped. And, and, and I'm sorry, uh, staying there is, is easier than getting whipped. Uh, staying there is easier than getting hobbled. Staying there is more comfortable than getting killed. That's why you stay. I've been saying it for the long time. Standing up and raising your voice when the bully is on the playground and you say, hey, listen, I'm next. Come get me next. I'm ready. Is it crazy or is it courage? No, it's being sick and tired. When you say I'm done, I'm no longer playing this game. I'm not going to abide by the rules that you're putting down on the playground. I'm finished. You have to learn to do that, folks. You. And it's simple. 
You start with little things. It doesn't have to be you <laughs> rising up and, 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 and raising arms against your government. Th that's not what this is about. It starts local. Telling the crazies in your community you're not going to play that game anymore, that you're not doing this and you're not doing that. That's how it starts. Starts little. When you see somebody at the store that, well, they're insane, you call them out for it. When you see somebody robbing from the store, you call them out for it. And if you've got the courage, you stop them. It stops with us. The politicians aren't going to protect our stores from being robbed and looted. That's going to eventually come down to us. For no no other reason than, than the same exact thing that happened with the, the posses and, and um, the vigilante groups uh, in the wild, wild west. When the sheriff would not do their job, when the marshals would not do their jobs, it was left to the citizens to do that. It's no different today. We're back in the wild, wild west. Our politicians couldn't give two shits about us. And the systems that wrangle the politicians, the RNC and the DNC, they could care even less. It's up to us. We are alone. They've got their little bubble that they live in, and they think that they're all nice and snug, and everything can be worked out if we just learn how to compromise enough. I ask you this question. What's the difference? What's the difference between being ruled by a tyrannical government out of London and being ruled by a tyrannical government out of D.C.? What's the difference? There is none. There's no difference whatsoever. That's why your voice is important. That's why it's more than just voting. Because the elections have been rigged. That's what they're saying. Mac Warner, the Secretary of State from West Virginia, the guy who's in charge of the elections in West Virginia, is telling you, America, the 2020 election was, was rigged, and it was rigged by the CIA. We've been saying it for a while. The last three years, the evidence is there. There's only one group that has the ability to do what's been done in this nation. One group. And who went along with them? Well, the FBI. I know it sounds like a conspiracy theory, but everything keeps coming back to that. And then when you say the one thing, the, the one thing that they could easily clear all this up with is, well, we want to look at the information. You can't do that. You can't look at the information. You're going to have to trust us on that. We went back in the room back there and we counted all those votes and we came up with the same amount again. But, but what about Ruby Freeman? What about the other anomalies of that night, the trucks that were showing up and counting votes? What about the fact, and, and folks, this is the most important thing you should be asking yourself. How did six states that are independent of each other, they have nothing to do, their elections have nothing to do with one another. How did they agree all at the same time to stop counting votes? Where did that collusion come in at? Who called who and said, hey, listen, we're going to start we're going to start uh, slowing down the counting of the votes in Georgia and Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin and Arizona. We're going to start doing that right now. You want to join us? You want to jump in there, Pennsylvania? You want to help us out? We're going to we're going to shut down counting. We've never done this in our nation's history, but we're going to do it tonight. Well, because it's too late, and, and, and we've been counting votes a long time, and Trump's way ahead, and we need some time to get some votes in here. Nothing else makes sense, folks. Nothing else makes sense. Six states don't stop counting all at the same time. Why? They're independent. They have nothing to do with each other. Their elections are independent. They're not, they don't have anything to do with the federal government. They're independent. Why would they all stop counting at the exact same time? 
That's just one question. How did Joe suddenly jump up? How did all those thousands and 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 hundreds of thousands of votes come in for one man and one man only out of the same precinct? Not a single vote for Trump. Not one. That sound right to you? That sound like an election that we know of before, how how Joe gets a vote, Donald gets a vote, Biden gets two, Trump gets one, Biden gets three, Trump gets two. That's how the votes come in. They don't come in in trunks, uh, tranches of 130 and 140,000 votes for one person. They just don't. That's an anomaly. Well, anomalies don't mean widespread fraud. Folks, I'm so fucking tired of this this excuse. Widespread fraud, widespread fraud. Listen, fraud is fraud. Sam Bankman-Fried is guilty of fraud, regardless of if it was in one place or all over the planet. Doesn't matter. But for some people, for some reason, they believe that if it's not widespread, well, it's not a big issue. So let's look at rape. Let's look at homicide. Let's look at all the other crimes that we have, and let's start putting that dictate on top of it. It's not a problem if it's not widespread. We're not going to look into it. And if we did, think about it. You get harmed by somebody else and they tell you that them looking into it or you looking into it or wanting more information is a threat to democracy? That transparency is a threat to national security. You wanting to get to the bottom of the crime that you believe was committed. That's the same thing they're doing here, folks. It's no different. They're trying to pivot. They're trying to make you believe something different. Fagazi, Fagozi. They're moving the, the, the balls around underneath the cups, and they expect you to lose attention. Meanwhile, they're telling you over here, Taylor Swift, you got to pay attention to her. Folks, don't pay attention to the electronics over here, or the elections over here. Don't don't pay attention to your politicians. We <laughs> get that taken care of. Look at Taylor Swift. Go to the, go to the uh, your supermarket today. L- look at the supermarket <laughs> tabloid section. It's like Taylor Swift bought the entire media industry and and is is pushing herself out there as hard as she can. Her PR, her PR people must be fucking awesome and making a lot of fucking money. Bread and circus, folks. Hunter Biden's in trouble. That's why they indicted him. They indicted him because they're hoping that he won't go testify to Congress this week behind closed doors. We'll see if that happens or not. We'll see how they play this out. Congress, Comer has said that if if he doesn't show up on the date that he's supposed to be there, that they'll arrest him. We'll see what happens. You've got Joe Biden telling you that everything that we're finding out is a lie. We'll find out. My point is, folks, is this. What you have to fully understand, what you have to get wrapped around, your head wrapped around is this. We are not going back to 2019 without kinetic action in this country. They have no other options. They're going to have to release the hounds again. They're going to have to allow Antifa and Black Lives Matter, the Palestinians, whoever they're going to release onto the streets. That's the modus operandi. They cannot allow Trump to be president. You know this and I know this. The politicians know it as well. They're scared shitless. The more and more I talk to them, they say the exact same thing over again. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I go, I I thought you guys were in charge. It shows you they're not. They have no plan, folks. They see the power and they see the country slipping away from them. And they don't know what to do because they know that the actions required. Well, they're revolutionary and they're not quite there yet. They don't quite understand where we are. They think that an election is going to save us. It won't. It can't. 
And the reason that it can't is because, well, they're not playing by the rules. They're not playing by the rules set forth in 1776, the rules of the Constitution that say this has to happen this way. The border's fucking open, wide open, and we can't look at our elections. You think it's getting better with an election? I've said a number of times they'll never, ever, ever allow Trump to be president. Will not happen. They can't allow it to happen. Why? He's already told them why. We'll be talking about that tomorrow night. We'll be looking at what Trump has said, what he wants to do, uh, the claims that he's made, the claims that Cash Patel has made, the claims that Steve Bannon has made, and what they want to do to the deep state. And then I'm going to ask you this question. Knowing what you know, based on what they've said, if you're the deep state, do you allow them, do you allow them to, to be in office? Do you allow Trump to come in? and hold you accountable for the crimes you know you've committed. Do you allow that to happen? I say you don't. We'll talk about that tomorrow night, and we'll see you then. You're watching Kramer Says.